0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's why I'm the favorite podcast platformer. We believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And that's 173 times that I've said some iteration of that. Um... Am I stopping believing yet? I don't know. I haven't gotten an ad in a long time, so maybe, maybe that's the thing I should revisit with the network. But uh, and you know, asking whether they believe in themselves uh, to give me an ad. Enough of that, Mr. Goss. On to this week's great guest, creator of uh, "Love Isn't Blind," and comedians versus AI performer in los angeles and uh cr- part of her multi-hyphenate is creator just creator of things to be enjoyed comedically uh please give it up for Alison goldberg everybody
0: Woo-hoo! that's me wooing for myself a creator of things to be enjoyed comedically is that what you just said i think I, that's i that's that's it that's what i'm gonna put on my linkedin
1: great i i think that would definitely definitely make it stand out over every but other But
0: here's something like I've been doing this for so long but yeah I still don't fully know how to describe myself you know
1: <laughs> Mhm I I have a knack for intros I do
0: Also 173 episodes muscle tough
1: Thank you Uh it's fun fact it's a great way to measure how long it's been since the pandemic started
0: <laughs> Oh did you start March 2020 Yeah Wow. I know. I I also have a podcast I've been doing with a company called The Daily Dot for four years. Mm -hmm. Now it's like this time capsule of my life, including Mm. the entire pandemic. Right. When I'm 80, I'm going to go listen.
1: Oh, I thought you were like re-listening to episodes.
0: No, not yet. Not yet. But one day. What's weird is I did listen to an old episode for a specific reason recently, and I was talking about some date I went on, and I was like, I have no recollection of this date or this man I have no idea
1: yeah i think there is some sort of um inflection point where you start forgetting who you've had on the podcast or like what you No, said. i just
0: mean like yeah i was talking about my personal life and i was like oh. i don't recall this at all <laughs> it's weird like hearing me talk about a date i have and me being like i don't know who that date was i have right. no recollection at all
1: right well how many dates do you go on allison <laughs>
0: I mean, I think I've probably been on 376.
1: Wow. How? No, I wish I'd
0: kept track. I wish I'd kept track when I first started online dating. You just made a very I specific a number. number. Oh, yeah. that was a made up number? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, it feels right in this moment.
1: It feel like, is that, 376, is that the course of your entire lifetime? Yeah
0: yeah or like 22 on i'm i'm ageless though because this is hollywood i have no age but i feel like my yeah. my post-college life you know what i mean your
1: post-college okay no that's that's fair yeah i don't know that you could really qualify um dates while you're like trying to date somebody in junior high as a date
0: yeah that doesn't count i mean like the the you already used mishigas which i really respected as a jew the Thank mishigas you. of online dating
1: mm-hmm uh is that you oh you don't have you, all right, what percentage of those were like, you met this person in person and then you went on a date? Oh, very small. Is that just impossible now? Because that's the only way I want to meet anybody because I hate the app so much.
0: I am meeting a ton of people in real life now, but I'm also running a dating show.
1: <laughs> oh, people, people like sliding into your DMs after uh, Love Isn't Blind?
0: Um, not as often as I would like. <laughs>
1: You do mention that you are single or you put your D, your like Instagram handle. I don't
0: mention that I'm single actually, very specifically, because like during the show, I'm like, I'm at work. I am, I am the puppet master, not the puppet. But I do have a slide
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for, I have a slide with all of the contestants' handles.
1: And then your handle is
0: down there at the bottom. (laughs) I'm just like, and your host, Allie Goldie. Um, Allie underscore Goldie. You follow me on social media. So, Mm But anyway, maybe we should back up because listeners are like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Right. Uh well, what's happening is we're getting into a little bit about one of the main things that uh Alice does, which is a comedic dating show called uh Love Isn't Blind. Uh with an interesting twist that I and I've been to plenty of comedy dating shows. I'm very good at winning them. Do I ever go on the dates? No, it's insane. Right.
0: What? Back up. So you've been on comedy dating shows and yes. you've won and you haven't gone. You know, I was going to ask you to do mine, but now that you said that you don't actually go on the dates, you're out of here, Jake.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> Caveat. I don't end up getting to go on the dates.
0: Why? What do you mean?
1: One of them, when I was supposed to go on a date, uh, the host of the show told me, well, she moved to India. Sorry.
0: She moved to India? Yeah. That's not nearby. No, (laughs) I mean, we live in L.A. where most people won't even date outside their zip code.
1: Yeah. And I I'm brave enough to say that I will. I will date out of my zip code. Me
0: too. Me too. Yeah. I'm I'm an ex-New Yorker, so I actually don't understand the hype. I'm just like, whatever. I can travel in my own private robot with all the world's knowledge at my fingertips. Like, I'm fine. I used to travel under the earth with a homeless man jerking off in the corner. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Right. Although I will say uh, New Yorkers do like complaining about going from borough to borough.
0: Yeah, I do it though. I did it. I did it. And uh-huh. I will travel east for you, listeners. Right. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Okay, yeah. so you
0: don't go on the dates because they they leave.
1: Uh they yeah, I I didn't I didn't get to I would have loved to go on the date. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't end up happening. The another time that I won, uh this is like the most LA shit that has ever happened to me. The Bachelorette was already on a date during the show because she's a poly person and she thought it would be funny if so she, she brought
0: brought a, a date
1: yeah to wow. this dating show that she was on okay yeah
0: what okay first of all how many dating shows have you been on and second of all is mine the best and third of all what are these other dating shows <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think i've been on like three and then uh i think I think yours is the best in-
0: I'm just kidding. I'm such, such a, you can't possibly say anything else in front of me. <laughs> but it is the best listeners. It's the best one of all of them.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I've seen, I, I've been on three. I've been to a bunch of them. Like one, well, the, one of them is like, it's like a parody of the dating game. So like all the contestants are comedians and they like adopt a persona and they sound insane. Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah, and that's fun. Um, and then another one, another one that I just saw was called Why Are You Single with Marie Faustin.
0: Okay. Um I need where, to go to these.
1: Yeah. It's like it's it's not like there's a bachelor and bachelorette. They actually just have like three bachelor or bachelorettes, and they like kind of examine them as a person and like like see why they're single but they're trying to make a case for like you should date me but the fun element of that show is that everybody in the audience gets a red flag and if like someone (gasps) says something out of pocket they would like wave a red flag
0: oh that's really fun yeah oh my gosh I wish I'd thought of that that's and it made for
1: one of the best moments I do they also
0: have a green flag
1: they don't have a green flag it's (laughs) it's just red flags but funny you should say that one of the, at the start of the show, somebody, uh the first like bachelorette said, I forget what they said, but uh she said something and a bunch of people started waving the red flags. And she's like, oh, thank you. And, and the host is like, no, they, that's bad.
0: It's not good. That's yeah, not she good. She said, oh, you,
1: they weren't supporting me. I thought they were waving the flags to support me.
0: How do you not know that waving a red flag is not good? <laughs>
1: sheltered you have to be incredibly sheltered or you uh see the uh uh the world with such rose colored glasses that uh red flags seem normal
0: i or you've just been dating in la for so long that red flags seem normal
1: yeah oh that everybody comes with or red flags or just dating for yeah. so long that red flags right. seem normal right uh oh, is there, oh, what, what's another one that is coming off the top of my head um I like the twist in your show because I do think men shouldn't talk. I don't like <laughs> hanging out with men, largely men suck. I think I'm a terrible representative for a guy even though my pronouns are he, him. Why do you
0: think you're a terrible representative?
1: In in the sense of like, what is, like, if there's like a median guy, you know, I'm not that guy.
0: Okay, are you, are you better or worse? What are you saying? I
1: think I'm better. <laughs> So That's I, what I, a
0: bad guy would say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I think uh, I think <laughs> the last show I I went to uh uh for love isn't blind. Uh, I think one of the contestants who just kept pleading the fifth the whole time.
0: Yeah, he pled the fifth a bunch. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. funny when they do that because it's like, well, the fact that you've pled the fifth means we can probably guess the answer here you know
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah but no, backing I, up for uh... listeners
0: there's a rounds where the men can only do a thumbs up for yes a thumbs down for no i ask them yes or no questions right. and i give them the option to plead the fifth because something that i'm enjoying about the show is it's not comedians it's real guys that are looking for something and they just you know they're up for shenanigans they're tired of swiping
1: yeah real um, guys often, and real girls
0: and and real ladies yeah yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to make them feel too uncomfortable or on the spot. Like comedians, you can tell them like you're going to have to divulge your whole life and they're fine.
1: Right. Um,
0: So I give them the option to plead the fifth if that makes them more comfortable.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, well, let's back up. Well, let's close this window because a jackhammer started. Yay. It's it's a joyful noise. I love that
0: uh- for you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: God, I want to like re- isolate that and ha- like have that as the sound for a notification. <laughs> I love that for, te- for
0: you. A text message. <laughs> for everything that happens. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're welcome too.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, Well, let's back up a second. So how did you come up with uh, a comedy dating show where men don't talk?
0: You know, people have asked me that a lot and I actually have to talk to my friend Eva about it because I was with my friend Eva, but I mean, there were a couple factors. Basically, I used to create shows all the time, and then we had a global pandemic. And that put a damper on performers' lives, all of us. But for me, something I really noticed that I'm sure a lot of people did as well is that it had been so long since i created something that then it felt really daunting and it felt mm. like this big scary hurdle and then sure. finally i decided that some feelings are meant to be bottled up, <laughs> <laughs> bottled it up. i i live on the west side and people are like oh if you're uncomfortable like you should you should follow that emotion no if you're uncomfortable maybe that means you need to fucking lean in so anyway uh-huh. so i did an open mic at the crow Mm -hmm. and a friend dragged me out and i looked around at the crow and i was like i'm gonna rent this i'm gonna rent it right now i'm gonna rent it right now before i get cold feet i'm just gonna rent it i'm just gonna rent it it's rented Mm -hmm. Talked to nicole blaine and rented it and then Mm -hmm. was like i gotta create a show (laughs) and then my friend eva and i i was like i want i wanted to create something rowdy post-pandemic where people can meet each other and I also wanted to create something I can sell. So I was like, all right, game show, dating show, combine the formats. Wouldn't it be fun if the men don't speak? I'll call their moms. And I just brainstormed. I mean, it took 10 minutes with my friend, which is crazy because some shows, like the other show I'm working on, Comedians versus AI, took mm-hmm. much longer and I'm still working out some of the stuff, even though you right. can go see it this Thursday. Mm-hmm. But Love Isn't Blind hashed it out in 10 minutes. So it was kind of crazy. I found the original piece of paper that we brainstormed on And it's exactly the same.
1: (laughs) Wow! Are you like I'll call their moms?
0: I know I should. Now I need to remember now I need to find where I put that paper. (laughs) But I found (laughs) it recently and I was like, yeah, this is it. I mean, there's a couple brainstorm there's a couple ideas that I haven't done or haven't done yet. You know, like of course, if the men can't speak, one of the things I wrote down was like feats of strength. I haven't actually made the men like do a fucking push-up contest or something. But (laughs) you know, I call their moms live on stage, I search their phones, I have a I have a round that rotates sometimes it's limerick sometimes they write a haiku about their dream first date sometimes they draw their dream first date um i want to keep playing with that round and then i have the yes or no round and that's it and it's Mm. a fucking blast
1: (laughs) right it is although they're
0: biased but it's so i would do that show every night if i could
1: it is i mean you said the word rowdy and i think that is very accurate there is sort of like like a pro wrestling energy almost where people really get into it
0: That makes me so happy to hear.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like people are like either shouting or like, especially if um, during like the round where you can plead the fifth, if somebody pleads the fifth, you get a lot of like hisses and like, oh no. People
0: go nuts. It's so crazy that yes or no round divides the room. A few shows ago, I, I one of the questions was, will you go down on her first? Which I thought was like a fun throwaway question. And one of the right. guys like kind of hesitated and sort of oh. like shook his hands. Right. Someone screamed out, you blew it. The audience was so against him for the rest of the show. I actually kind of felt bad because right. having spoken to him at length now in real life, I think he's actually a really good guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. the other caveat is the men who agree to do this show. Like The joke is that men need to shut the fuck up. And it's a dating show where the men can't speak. And men, you know, I go on so many... All of my girlfriends, we complain that we go on dates and the men don't ask questions. They just talk about themselves. All that said, the men who do this show tend to be fabulous men because they're men that are down to do a dating show with a feminist gimmick. Okay, so this one guy, I was interviewing him early on, and he said, if you have to sabotage me for the joke, sabotage me. And I was like, I'm not going to, but we're going to be good friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and
0: he and I are friends. So I become friends with a lot of The Bachelors. So there they are good men who do it. I really just went off on a tangent about, I don't even know what, but you're, oh, you were saying about teams. Oh my God, there was one show I did in San Francisco where, Everyone was screaming and chanting, like, Daniel, Daniel. At the end of the show, people went up to him, and they were like, wow, you had so many friends in the front row. And he goes, oh, I don't know any of those people. (laughs) (laughs) It's like people just like – and I talked to my roommate about this, and he was like, the men come out, and you just feel some kind of connection with one of them, and then you start rooting for him. And that just – I don't know. It's like – so people get into it like sports. It's so fun. Well, you were there when – um someone screams out at the ends, like, we love you, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like, not a guy who knew Dylan, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Or I remember like right at the top, uh, one of the bachelors revealed that he like does pharmaceutical sales and everyone yeah. was like, boo. And you had <laughs> to like, feel like stability.
0: Yeah, yeah, I had to save him. Because, I, I, you know, the truth is I want the men to have a wonderful time. And hopefully right. you saw this. Like, my job is to make everyone look good mm-hmm. and for everyone to have a good time. Right. So when they booed that, although I was surprised because, like, yeah, pharma's bad. But also we all did just get vaccinated and it's how we're here. And also, I don't know, it's weird. i had an ex-footballer turned astrophysicist, which is an unbelievable Mm-hmm. An unbelievably sexy resume <laughs> when I sure. saw an ex-football player people were like, uh, and I was like, what? but then the show you saw, I had an ex-professional soccer player, and everyone was like right. ooh, and I was, right. I was like, what a- the difference in audience, or like football versus soccer, I don't know, it's so funny though, the show's fun the show's so funny, because I don't quite ever know what's gonna happen either,
1: right, and well I mean, that is part of the like, the unpredictability of it is what's I mean, I think that's like like an improv audience they're there to see what happens they're like already engaged in having no idea what happens where when you go to a stand-up show and you know, people have this attitude they're like all right impress me yeah like I feel like uh uh like an improv audience they like want to lean forward with their like chin rested upon their like hands and they're like so excited to see what's it and then uh a stand-up audience has their arms folded
0: yeah i i agree i agree stand-up is very much like tell me a joke i'll decide if you're funny what's fun about love isn't blind too is i get a lot of people saying like they just didn't know what to expect which is really nice when people don't come in with any expectations
1: right that i I mean i uh i like i knew the twist of the show but i kind of just didn't look up anything else after that it's right. also interesting that it's like I mean you know this is a comedian that lives on the west side I mean there's not a lot going on even though there's the crow and west side comedy it's still like very east side heavy here in LA definitely
0: definitely I mean I I, I live on the west side and I because of some great circumstances but I'm sure I will be moving to the east side in a bit
1: uh uh-huh. but um no enjoy the weather yeah. Allie <laughs>
0: I mean the weather on the east side is great. I'm an I'm an ex East Coaster. I think I think California is the promised land. I think they've been lying to my people about Israel. All of California is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's not as much on the west side, although I do think I need to find a new theater that's mm-hmm. 200 seats, and mm-hmm. my my options are all east. So the show will probably be moving east soon. Okay. 'Cause right now I'm selling one forty with a wait list. I, I even just saying this, I'm like, I jinxed it, I'm gonna sell no tickets for the next show. But Love is in blindness has been selling well. So at a at a certain point it's like, oh, now I'm just like put leaving money on the table, you know what I mean? Cause it's like sure. I can't really sell forty more tickets per show. So anyway, so this fall I'm moving if you know any two hundred seat theaters, get at me.
1: Uh, and- if you're listening
0: and you own a two hundred seat theater, please let me know.
1: Right. And uh, I mean, the further east you move, the more tickets you'll probably sell because people tend to go out more, even though people live on in Culver City and Santa Monica and Venice and they go out. I, I don't know what it is where it's really hard to get them to go. to. That's
0: interesting. Although it's so hard to say, right, because maybe it's good that right now I'm West and there's not that many comedy options because I have had people tell me like, oh, it's so exciting that you're on the West side because like nothing's ever happening here.
1: <laughs> right, right yeah no i can count the things of that's happening west side on like one hand
0: yeah so we'll see oh yeah and you know you track all of the shows
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah i will say that you uh, should know
0: more you should know where my next venue is jake help me
1: yeah well you know uh, let me let me host the podcast first and then
0: okay okay okay
1: okay. and then and then then help me yeah (laughs)
0: Although I have started doing queer shows, which yeah. has been really fun. It's been a little bit of like a sort of mental hurdle for me because the whole gimmick that I started was like, the men can't speak. um, mm-hmm. And it's like, but then I wanted to be inclusive. I wanted to expand it. I wanted to do different iterations, but like, yeah. I don't want a little mermaid, a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also kind of when I started doing queer versions, it's like kind of calling back to its roots, making fun of love is blind as well, right. which is like, you can talk, but you can't see them. In this, right. we can see them, but they can't speak. Right. Um, but but yeah, if it's but, all
1: queer people for each other, like, I think the concept still works.
0: I mean, it did. Nobody gave a shit. I, I will say that the funny thing is that I wanted to create this feminist dating show where the men can't speak, but because I want all the men to have a wonderful time, I want them to look good. It's kind of turned into this showcase for men. Mm. And the queer version that I did two weeks ago in San Francisco actually felt so much more feminist than the straight version. It was very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that that was the other thing date, uh, comedy dating show I was trying to think of. There's a UCB one that's called Dating Game but game is spelled G-A-Y-M-E. Oh, cute. Yes, and it's like these two improvisers that like they have a whole cast of queer improvisers and they're all single and then like kind of at their own discretion they like force the improvisers to go on a date with an audience member.
0: Oh, wow. Okay
1: yeah, and it's it's really and they'll like interrupt it and like, oh no, <laughs> this is what you should be saying or whatever. it's it's real. And then they do improv scenes based off of that,
0: oh, wow. I need to go to all of these just for funsies. i um, I have not done a wild card yet. I'm mm-hmm. sure that I will in the life of the show, but mm-hmm. the four men on stage are vetted, as is The Bachelorette. Right. But at some point it would be really fun for an audience member to be able to throw themselves in the mix right. Um, but it's how tough because it? I do vet them and make sure they're going to do a great job and have a great time. But the thing is also for the queer versions, I need to start thinking about like two contestants could leave with each other. They yeah. don't need this bachelor or bachelorette to choose them. So I think there's something fun about that too. Like how do I incorporate that gameplay where they can leave with each other? But then what? Right. So, that, so there's a lot of things I'm still brainstorming as I develop other iterations. The right. um, you know, cisgender heterosexual one. Mm-hmm. Is the I, I feel solid about that one, and now right. it's now I want to start to play.
1: Right. Um, do you think AI would have an answer as to figure out how to do the queer version? If you were to like s- send it, that was a
0: beautiful segue. I uh-huh. loved it. Uh
1: huh. Um,
0: I should ask it.
1: Do you got a flavor that you picked? Chat GPT, like open AI or whatever? So far
0: I've been using Chat GPT. So the new show I've only done it one time. I'm doing it for the second time ever on Thursday. Uh And yeah, it definitely is more difficult. Like the dating show came together. I mean, of course these things are a lot of work, which I think a lot of people don't realize. It's all a lot of work, but the gameplay with the AI is I'm still messing with that um yeah you know it because the the first time I did it, it was a little too chaotic so I need to tighten up like how the scoring works and things like that and I also told the comedians like you need to do a little bit of homework because I'm gonna call on you so it feels a little more Jeopardy style right um and then there's the dilemma of like who is the AI so my first show I had a guy who works for open AI uh-huh. um. Pause. No affiliation. It's just, <laughs> open AI. is not affiliated with this show. I don't want to get him fired. Um, anyway, <laughs> there is a techie with a laptop. On Thursday, I'm going to have a performer friend in the booth with a God mic and a voice changer. But then I'm going to keep experimenting with who the AI is until I feel like this is right. And unfortunately, I feel like I can't really figure it out until it's in front of an audience and I'm doing it. Right. Which is different, right? The dating show is like, you know, you can play but there's you know, I don't know, it's just tough that as comedians, you you always learn your lessons publicly.
1: Right. <laughs> that's something yeah. that's
0: still tough. It's like I'm gonna well, learn my lesson of, in front of a hundred people.
1: <laughs> that's the beauty slash terror of our art form and yeah. why it's still like one of the more terrifying things to do. Yeah. Like like I did an improvised stand up show last night and I did really mm. well and but the like people came up to me after and they're like that was amazing like I I, I can't believe you just did that that you just yeah. like spoke extemporaneously and it was like really funny and I said to them I think I'm actually a better podcast guest than I am a stand-up like I, I'm better like off the cuff
0: oh right right well yeah, I mean that's hosting, right? That's, that's hosting. most of what that's most of what I do is hosting. I mean, I do stand up as well, right. but yeah. But you, you, I, I
1: think you love game shows, don't you?
0: Yes or no? I mean, I do. Well, my background is actually initially theater. I was a big theater okay. dork, um, and then was doing theater in New York, and then started developing my own projects and mm. sort of naturally segued into sketch comedy for a long time. And then created my first show where I was the host kind of organically. It was just a concept I wanted to explore. Um, But some, I don't know. I will say a lot of my career is just like, it's working. So I lean in, but like, I don't, I don't know that I ever like, don't get me wrong. I am having a fucking blast. I feel like I'm living my dream. I wake up every day and I'm like, I can't believe this is what we're doing today, but I did not dream of being a host. Right. I always dreamt of being a performer and this is the niche I kind of found myself in. I'm really having an existential crisis on this podcast right now. I think. I,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I did not. No, no, no. That I love happen. it.
0: I love it. You know, cause now I'm thinking, well, I think some of it too is that I never as a kid even dreamt as big as what if I create my own shows and sell sure. them, you know? Right. But it is, I am really enjoying creating show concepts, developing them And then being the queen of the castle.
1: (laughs) You do very much enjoy being queen of the castle. There are so many niche details to uh, Love Isn't Blind that are like, it's one, but that comes from like, you just, like there, there is a a wing man and a wing woman and all this sort of thing. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And every, uh, yeah, it, like you've obviously worked it out.
0: So actually I love giving women credit for their ideas and the wing woman thing is actually my friend, Lauren, we've known each other forever and ever. And I said, I want to create, dating show. I'm going to give everyone wristbands based on their relationship status. You know, I described the whole show and she said, you need a wing woman. I'm buying wings. And Mm -hmm. so it's actually her and her husband at almost every show. And they are responsible for matches in the audience. There are people that are dating because of them. So yeah, there's a lot of details that are really fun. And I think that's my trouble with the AI show too, right? Like Mm -hmm. dating details. We're all familiar with dating shows. We've Mm -hmm. all been dating. Right. Um, even if you're married now. So there's a lot of details that are sort of easier to think through than what if I have comedians play games against AI, which people are starting to experiment with, but is not like a known format, you know, right. so I'm still figuring out what that means. Like, is it wrestling style and i have them boo the ai and should mm-hmm. the uh, should i have signs that i hold up that say boo or applause but i don't want it to get anti-tech so there's i think that show is going to undergo more changes than love isn't blinds like as you come see it again and again there's a lot of new elements i mean love isn't blind is different every time because the men are different the games are slightly different but like the format's there right The ai one i'm going to keep really tweaking the format for a while i think
1: Right. Why did you want to do a comedians versus AI show to begin with?
0: Um, you know, for now, Love Isn't Blind is my baby. I fucking love doing that show. Comedians versus AI, honestly, I just think it's it's interesting to me that it's like a whole new frontier, right? Sure. So there's something about exploring that frontier. You know, sometimes I'm a straight white man and I just wanna fucking explore the frontier.
1: And <laughs> I don't you know, have a that, straight you, white man inside you.
0: You know, I just gotta go west and explore and you know, take advantage of people along the way. No, that's not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I um, you know, I'm gonna work on that analogy. It's not good. But yeah, I yeah <laughs> claiming
1: manifest I destiny as a reason yeah. is not good.
0: It's not good, but also like AI is so fascinating in terms of how it's going to change everything. I mean, we see it right now in the writer's strike and I actually am like, I'm super thrilled that the strike includes demands on AI before it's too late. I do think AI is going to fuck us all. I do think it's really dystopian, but then that's another thing that's fascinating to play with is like, okay, but I'm trying to create a comedy show. So how do I sort of reflect on that dystopia without the show getting dark? So there's a lot of different things I'm thinking about and playing with. Right. But it's a little frustrating because I can't learn without doing it, but then I'm only doing it once a month. Like I almost wish I could do it every night for a week and just fucking iron out the format and then do it once a month.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? I, I mean that you would have to do it like Edinburgh to do it every night.
0: Yeah. And but I mean and that's wanna... its own pain as well, doing it fucking every night and trying to market every night. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you done Edinburgh? No, I have not. Okay. Would you ever want to?
0: It sounds like a racket. Don't you have to, like, get yourself there? And I mean, it sounds fun, but it also sounds like a racket. And I'm trying to work on my shiny object syndrome, which is not get distracted by shiny objects.
1: Is that in the DSM, Allison? Shiny object syndrome? Yeah,
0: it is. And it's a photo of me... Is this famous
1: photo of you with your earrings? With my <laughs> earrings, yeah. No, yeah. but
0: I mean, ugh, man, it's probably a form of ADHD, let's be honest. But like, I'm always like, oh, I could do this or I could do this. And to me, Edinburgh is maybe a shiny object.
1: Right. I I, I mean, I, I think it's like a fading shiny, shiny object at this point. Because I mean, like, for those who don't know about Edinburgh Fringe, there's kind of no curation, which is... No, nice in a way that there's no gatekeepers however because there are no gatekeepers you do have to pay your way to get there you have to book a venue and pay for it
0: yeah have no, so you out your lodging
1: you have to get a promotional team or else no one will see your show and you're the, competing yeah. against like hundreds of shows every yeah. night
0: the first time i saw people doing like a kickstarter to send them to edinburgh and like trying to raise like 10 20,000 dollars i was like this doesn't seem worth it Right. Well, it's because like occasionally there's like a um a flea bag success story, right? Sure. Or,
1: yeah, there's that... enough enough of that to fuel the delusions of everybody yeah. else.
0: Well, I did the New York Fringe Festival sure. years ago, and so I think I understood that racket and feel done with it now. <laughs> <laughs> like we've done this racket; we don't need to do it again. Right. I think it's very hard because in our industry, it's like there is no roadmap. No. So, and I feel that every day, every day I wake up and I'm like, where should I focus? Mm-hmm. But then I think it's really easy for us all to be told, Oh, you should be doing this thing. And it's like, I don't know. I have to say like most of the time when I've listened to what I'm supposed to do, it doesn't go that well. <laughs>
1: right. How do you think AI would fare as a bachelor on uh, love and the Blind?
0: Um, I think that's a good question. I actually had an AI company reach out to me because they wanted me to run some kind of like crazy AI dating show where you're meeting their avatars and you're meeting them and then you're choosing an avatar, you're choosing them, you're seeing if it matches. And then, of course, these tech bros wanted to pay me like no money and I was like, goodbye. Goodbye. But yeah, that experiment, those experiments are happening. (laughs) I won't be doing them. Love isn't fly and I want to keep so incredibly human. Um. Mm-hmm. Although comedians versus AI, I'm um, workshopping the title. I don't know mm-hmm. motorcycle. Right now,
1: so consider review. I just like this guy isn't going to stop jackhammering. So I have to do. I can't
0: it. hear any jackhammering over oh, there. Oh, great! You're good. You're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, comedians versus AI. Actually, something that was so exciting about the very first one is how the AI paled next to the humans. The humans oh, yeah. knocked it out of the park. Because the thing is the technology is very technically interesting, right? So the guy right. who ran my tech the final round was an improvised musical number. Right. And comedians did an improvised musical number and the tech guy created a song on the spot by stealing my voice. I mean, I gave it I gave him permission, but like using my voice. So like technically mm-hmm. it was so fascinating that the tech that it could do that but then there was something so completely missing like it was right. in the context of being in a theater with seats with humans it was so it almost felt lame it couldn't right. connect with an audience it couldn't do callbacks it can't look you in the eye it right. can't even adjust its volume it, i mean the it, it was encouraging really mm-hmm. how it paled in comparison to the humans mm-hmm. um I also had a human comedian who just fucking crushed it in the final round. I bring out a wheel of human activities, like uniquely human activities. I think this wheel might change every time, but for the sure. first one, it said love, die, eat, shit. Mm-hmm. And this comedian brought out his guitar. Every verse rhymed, was mm-hmm. amazing callbacks, and then brought built to this incredible chorus of oh humans are the shit. And the first time he said it, the whole audience just stood up. I mean, no. it was, it was incredible. Right. Cause we all were expecting him to make like some crass jokes about shitting. And then he twisted right. it to humans are the shit. Everyone was singing along by the ends. You could see pieces of that in the promo video as well. Comedians versus com. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but anyway, that was, that was a rambling tangent, but the, it was, I don't know. I mean, but the, oh, the other kicker is that the same guy who sort of won the evening and, you know, quote unquote saved humanity he <laughs> was fired from his copywriting job because he was let go they let the copywriters go and replace them with ai right so the same guy and it became an interesting through line i mean that won't be in every show but i'll see what the different comedians bring to it each time but it was an interesting through line that we kicked off the show talking about how he'd been replaced and of course he told it in a really fun funny way right and then he ended up dominating and winning and beating the ai so sort of an interesting journey But yeah, I'm trying to figure out what is that journey. Because again, in contrast to the dating show, the dating show is built in suspense. And we all know immediately by the when we sit down, The Bachelorette's going to choose someone, someone's going to be eliminated. Mm Because again, we're familiar with these tropes. But with AI, it's like, well, how am I building that suspense? What is the journey of the show? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure yet. So I'm Mm -hmm. still working on that. But you can work on it with me, July 20th, 8 p.m. at the Pico.
1: Yeah uh have you seen the latest mission impossible
0: i have not but isn't the, isn't the enemy just ai or something yeah or the ai
1: algorithm? which they call the entity
0: so silly it reminds me of the new top gun where it's just the enemy there's like they never name who it is what country it is it's just the because enemy.
1: they they want to be able to play it in china that's why
0: yeah it's so wild though that it's like i mean Everyone loved that movie, and that's wonderful. And
1: <laughs> you no, know, really,
0: I mean, you know, people, you know, steel didn't Spielberg say it like saved Hollywood? You know, coming out of the pandemic, maybe that's what everyone needed is just like every single classic nostalgic trope played out. But and when I finally clear. saw the movie, I was like, this is so stupid. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I do think, yeah, there, there were a bunch of people who were clamoring like, oh wait, we want a good guy, and we want bad guys, and we want the lines to be clear. And there's no mything about either one,
0: right? And we want very simple story structure. We want to have like an all is lost moment. We want to have the whole shebang.
1: <laughs> Although I do, I do think Tom Cruise is slowly convincing himself that he could actually save the world if need be.
0: Yeah, that's not surprising. I'll, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. <laughs> Probably all five foot seven of them. You know, it's oh, yeah. really fun. Um I saw this YouTube video that like showed all the different ways that they stage the actors so that you can't tell how short Tom Cruise is.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: so now it's really funny to watch Tom Cruise movies and just uh-huh. notice how many scenes they're like sitting down or you know what I mean is he on a is he on a little step stool right now? Like it's really fun to think to watch and just think about that. <laughs>
1: oh man that seems like it could be it could be twisted into some very um insidious drinking game
0: oh i love that i hadn't even thought about it as a drinking game like every time you think tom cruise every time they're seated or every time he's on a little wooden crate <laughs> yeah <laughs> or every time it's like the over the shoulder and you know what i mean but like yeah. they do all kinds of or someone's like slouching they do all kinds of work to make them look taller i think it's so funny right
1: um You mentioned like pre, like off pod, pre-pod that you're not necessarily with the show anti-tech. Do you want to speak more to that?
0: Yeah, that's another thing that I'm struggling with. I feel like I'm just like airing all my struggles, but you know, it's a brand new concept. And so, yeah, part of me thinks it'd be really fun to really codify the AI as a villain and have everyone boo him. Like that could be really fun and rowdy, but I don't want the show to feel anti-tech because when the robots do take over, I want them not to um have a rebuttal of what, what am I say? I don't want them to. Uh, I will I will be killed first. You know. Anyway, <laughs> that's this horrible joke. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I don't. I um I don't want. Yeah, I don't want it to be anti-tech. Uh-huh. If only because the world is so dystopian right now, and I want. I do. I still am. I may end up just making the AI a villain, but I'm still, like, my heart is still leaning towards, like, can this be a positive show about, like, working together but, like, having guardrails? I don't know. Or, like, the mm. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't want it to be anti-tech. And to be honest, like, I can already see that it's going to be a different audience than Love Isn't Blind and it's going to be a lot of tech people. Right. And people working on AI. So mm. I don't know because this – Technology is not inherently bad. I think what's really bad is that we don't have any regulations or ethical guidelines. That's what's really, really bad.
1: Sure. And and I'll say that, I mean, like, as far as I understand AI, I have a hard time imagining that it actually be, like, be able to generatively create comedy that's, like, good. Because so much of comedy is, like, twisting and doing the wrong thing and, like defying expectations. So that goes against any form of programming, you know?
0: I agree. Um, and yes, I agree. So for instance, one of my rounds is I project real dating profiles and right. the comedians have to write pickup lines and the AI has to write pickup lines. Mm-hmm. And so it's me working with chat GPT before the show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the pickup lines that it gives you are just puns. That's it. Puns, puns, puns. Mm-hmm. The only way you can kind of do something unexpected or a misdirect is if I, as the human, interpret the profile in a certain way. Okay, so here's an example that's going to spoil the Thursday show, but that's fine. I mean, what's what what how <laughs> much overlap will that but okay. so, for instance, there's this profile about like I game a lot, I love world of Warcraft. I'm an ass man. It's something like that. It's like a very right. weird right? He's like I, he wrote he also says like he drives a shitty car. I don't know but anyway so what I did is I put in like I prompted chat GPT write a pickup line for someone who is a man child so the okay. misdirect is like it calls him a man child and stuff but it's only because I as the human right I'm describing this badly but it's like you know if you say write a pickup line for someone who loves World of Warcraft it gives you some fun puns about gaming Right. But the only way you can make it do something unexpected is if you still provide as the human that angle on it. So right. I also said like write a pickup line for somebody who has Peter Pan syndrome. Um, really? Yeah, but like that's not, although I, I also want to clarify, like gaming is totally fine. Like I don't think that's Peter Pan syndrome at all. It was like the combination of things listed on his profile where I was like, this is a man child. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like the human still has to provide the mm. sort of, potentially unexpected angle. I think AI is very bad at comedy, Um, but how many years will it take till it's good at comedy? That's the problem. And the -hmm. other dilemma is just because it doesn't, you know, I think all of us humans have this mentality of like, oh, well, it's not my problem yet. You know what I mean? It is replacing jobs now. Sure. And so I think we need to be thinking about that. And that's the, uh, I feel like I'm giving you like a million different like, angles or flip sides i'm like i'm like that. this but this but this but this but this but uh-huh. <laughs> but like i do think comedy is such a wonderful tool right like we're mm-hmm. reading ai news about the studios scanning background actors and then using them in perpetuity with ai and never paying them again like we're reading all this dystopian news mm-hmm. to the point that it is it's going to be like the pandemic where we're tired of reading it and then just the tech companies win right so
1: right
0: can comedy be a tool where people will be thinking about it while not feeling so royally fucked in the asshole
1: sure that is uh, we'll have to like wait and see yeah,
0: yeah so that's why it's fun like can can we use comedy as a tool to like showcase mm-hmm. and warn about these technologies so that's what right. i'm playing with but right it's it's much tougher than the dating show yeah Just to to sort of crack that right Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and I mean, I think if you're wondering about having a positive or more non-negative spin for AI, I mean, the title. which you said you were workshopping. I mean, there's verses yeah. in it. You know. There's what? The verses is in the title, so you're yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And then I think it's like the humans are kind of against each other. So my friends were like, it's it's not comedians versus comedians versus AI. I don't know. I have a huge Google doc of like terrible ton puns and brainstorming. But the other thing is like, sometimes I think especially back in my New York days, I would get almost too clever with my, Sure. titles and then the audience is like well what am i coming to see right whereas like i used to have a show called how to break up by text and people were like i know what this is without i could buy a ticket reading nothing else right so right, i do right. think there's some value in comedians versus ai just being so straightforward mm-hmm. and actually kcrw covered the very first show which was crazy to me because i do a lot of pitching of press right but they just found it i've never had a reporter finds it before it even exists. Like I hadn't even done a show yet in case you reached out. So I do think there's value in sort of like a lame straightforward title, but I still wish I had a title that was clear, straightforward and funny. So right now it's like subtitled for shits and gigs. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I also kind of want to just call it like break the internet. I don't know.
1: Break the internet. I mean, that, uh, that was kind of the point of at midnight is, well, it wasn't breaking the internet. They were, at midnight, I tried to see who was the funniest, who would win the internet every day.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. And, and and at midnight is, is a comp for me for this show. Yeah. Um, And so I'm trying to work on the gamification. You know, I think there's like little things we can do as performers that mm. helps the audience drop into a certain scenario. So this is such a small change, but like I'm going to be at a podium on Thursday.
1: Uh-huh. And I think
0: that alone is like, all right, we at a game show, you know?
1: Are you going to wear a power blazer or something?
0: You know, I, I might. <laughs> 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 to be honest, only because I have this awesome one that I just thrifted. But uh-huh. I think I'll be too hot on stage. But yeah, no, I'm not I'm not opposed to the power blazer. I know uh-huh. you're joking and I am serious.
1: I'm only saying half happen jest.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's because I do think those things help us drop in. Like if I yeah. walk out in a blazer and I'm behind a podium... We mm-hmm. already are like, oh, I'm at a game show and we believe it, right? Because like at at midnight, the scoring is going to be pretty stupid and loose. Yeah. But you still, it adds just like a little bit of flavor, a little bit of suspense, what's going to happen. So, right. yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, is there something specific you're looking forward to on Thursday's show?
0: Um, You know, the first one on, in June, you know, really didn't know how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to see what the comedians did with it. Because it's sort of like my job as host is to set up a playground and then see how they choose to play. And the comedians did a great job, and but it's not a trend yet, right? Like, is my playground strong? Is my playground sturdy? Or are the monkey bars going to break, right? And so uh-huh. I need multiple comedians to be going down the slide
1: <laughs> before uh-huh. I can
0: accurately assess my playground. And so that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Mm-hmm you want to make sure the slide isn't hot. There's like yeah, a rubber surface to.
0: Yeah. How's the landing when you dismount yeah, yeah. the slide is, you know, <laughs> are there going to be injuries? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Cause you know, that one comedian I mentioned who ended with humans are the shit. I mean, I should really just shout him out, Brad Einstein, mm-hmm. but he really, you know, he did such a great job with it, but it, you know everyone was like oh my god it was so much fun brad was so amazing and i'm like yes but it's my job to create a show that works even if there's no brad you know what i mean right right. (laughs) so that's what i'm gonna be finding out on thursday
1: yeah well i mean the games that you've said this far those sound very fun and there's a lot of room to play you know the
0: other thing i want to do is i want to develop an arsenal of about 10 to 12 games and so every time you come there's going to be five games but they'll they'll kind of rotate so actually some of the games are new this time too i may be changing too many things but <laughs> <laughs> the first round is gonna be um you know did kanye tweet this or did chat gpt write it um right. i think I, i'm debating i'm still naming my rounds but mm. i was thinking of calling it tweet or deceit or i was thinking um wait i had another idea oh kanye west or turing test is that too crazy mm. anyway so the, the comedians will guess did kanye tweet it or not and then the next one is dating profiles which i did last time and then the third round last time when you buy your ticket you can write life questions and so we answered their life questions on the fly right but this time i'm going to try to see if someone will give me their phone i'm going to be like is anyone waiting like sitting on a text that you know you should have responded to days ago and we'll take their phone (laughs) and the comedians will write responses chat GPT will write responses live then last month i did um audience gave suggestions, we generated a painting live, the comedians gave an art history lesson. Mm-hmm. This time I have come up with fucked up Disney titles, like almost like "Um, fallas in Wonderland, uh, mm-hmm. The Little Fur Trade, right. uh, Beauty in the Yeast. And the comedians are going to write a movie pitch for these almost Disney movies. Mm -hmm. and we'll score them and then the ai will create a movie poster on the fly based on their pitch and they'll be scored on that the Mm -hmm. ai will be scored and then the final round instead of doing musical improv this time it's going to be a motivational locker room speech like any given sunday or remember the titans Mm -hmm. and i'm going to play suspenseful music under them and again we're going to spin a wheel of human activities and that'll give us sort of the jumping off point for this speech
1: right that's fun
0: Those are my games. That's what I got planned.
1: Yeah. Go buy your tickets at comediansversai.com. Please do. (laughs) Allison, do you want to do some comedy news? Okay. First off, uh, seminal Cold War dramedy uh, a movie that Sarah Silverman watched uh, played at a birthday party under the idea that it was supposed to be the funniest movie of the year. Dr. Strange uh, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, is going to be adapted as a stage play by none other than Armando Iannucci, who created Veep and uh, wrote, uh, was the writer-director of uh, Death of Stalin. And one of my favorite movies in the loop, um, and he hasn't cast anybody yet because, well, for those who have not watched the original Doctor Strangelove, which is very timely, uh, there's uh, Peter Sellers plays three different characters, uh, far before far, <laughs> far before Eddie Murphy ever did that, um, but that is I I I. There's no word as to where it's going to go up, whether it's going to be the West End or Broadway uh, or make it out here. But I think that's um, a fascinating thing. Like you, I, I think it's so weird that comedic plays are a thing, and they seem to have nothing to do with stand-up sketch or improv or all of the rest of live comedy. Like it's wait, why of... do
0: you think it's funny that comedic plays are a thing?
1: No, I I think it's funny that it's separate. A separate world from everything else Mm,
0: but it's like if you do theater you could be cast in a comedic play
1: um but like
0: stand-ups aren't auditioning for a comedic play
1: yeah well that that but to the extent of like the ne'er shall the two worlds even meet that like people who are in theater they will do comedic plays but they don't i mean stand-up or sketch or improv or any of that they don't
0: although i would argue it's the gateway drug because i was always in comedic plays and here i am as a comedian now which is Uh not what i ever predicted i literally just started getting press as a comedian and i was like i guess i'll lean into this but i (laughs) I started by doing comedic plays and Uh i was like all right what'd you do like
1: midsummer's night dream uh
0: oh i mean i guess that's technically a comedy but i think of much sillier things as comedies I did a lot of like Christopher Durang in college and then uh, when I graduated I was doing oh my gosh well my like first the apartment, job out of maybe? college what
1: the apartment Neil Simon no
0: my first job out of college actually I was at a showdown in Disney World that's how I joined the actors union but but I do come from like and even just I I joke that Growing up, I was always cast as like the quirky sidekick in the musical, right? So I was like 80 Annie in Oklahoma. Like, so that kind of was like my journey into comedy. So I'm going to say it's a gateway drug. But I did go with you. I hadn't really thought about it till this moment that it's like, yeah, there's improv people who do stand up and do sketch and vice versa and whatever all around. But yeah, it's not like, oh, I specifically do comedic plays and stand up that you don't hear that as much ever. Right.
1: I mean, I think that the veneers on that are starting to crack. Like there is some overlap and, you know, um, there's interesting comedic plays that are being done versus like-
0: Well, you know what? I think it's a lot about format, right? Because to me, comedic plays, the comedy comes from like the character's emotional journey. Sure. So it Rather is a than different-
1: there being source. like hard punchlines. Or it's yeah. either that or like, um, what's that international say? The play that goes wrong, where it's just like, you know, physical comedy for like, an hour and a
0: half. Yeah, like farce and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is a very different source of the comedy. Sketch and stand up and improv, I suppose, have a bit more in common. You are looking for those mm-hmm. punchlines. Although in sketch and improv it's much more scenario based. Yeah. So I would say the, the gateway drug goes comedic plays into sketch mm-hmm. into perhaps improv into stand up, maybe.
1: Right. <laughs> That's I will my I... ladder. I will say a few years ago, Jordan Temple, uh, very funny stand-up and a writer on almost every comedy show that anybody loves on TV. He remember how there's this gaffe on TV, uh, where, um, an award presenter, um, said hidden fences like combining two different movies with black people. There was hidden figures. Remember this?
0: Oh, oh, so awkward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so off of that gaffe, Jordan wrote a one-act play called Hidden Fences.
0: That's funny. I didn't know that.
1: It was so funny.
0: Yeah, that's a good twist. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't ever want to be famous enough that anyone notices any of my gaffes. (laughs) That sounds like a fucking nightmare. I want (laughs) to remain... I want to be a little bigger than I am, but I would love to remain delightfully obscure.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I kind of feel like uh Theater Camp just came out and it is really I
0: funny. can't wait to see it. I cannot wait. That is about my childhood.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, I think you're going to be like like standing up during the movie just clapping. I'm going
0: to lose my shit every and TikTok knows I love it. It keeps feeding me clips and every clip I've seen so far I'm like this is the this is going to be my my personal cult classic.
1: Right. It's like borderline inaccessible to people who haven't been to like theater camper, but not nah, it isn't like you can still enjoy it and have fun. But for theater, the theater kids,
0: dorks are going to go nuts. They're going to go nuts. I actually have like a mini high school reunion uh, with me and it's just me and two of my besties get together every year in Chicago. And it's going to be this weekend. And I want us to go see this show because we did theater together in high school. Hell yeah. Although the other thing is that um I recently went to a Broadway rave and it literally has a giant projection that says theater kids unite and it was all theater kids who are all going to fucking love this movie and it was everyone just going nuts and singing musicals. It was the mm-hmm. most amazing thing. I'm going the second they announce their next LA date, I'm buying tickets to Broadway to the Broadway rave.
1: Nice. Nice. I only bring it up because uh Ben Platt who co-stars in that movie um genius. He was asked by Rolling Stone about Nepo babies because his dad's a big time producer. Yeah. And he's like, uh, we won't be talking about that. And Oh, um, really?
0: I mean, he's a Nepo baby, but he's so wildly talented. He's so right. talented that it's like, fuck that question, you know?
1: Right. I will say, the I think the move, if you get that question as a Nepo baby, is to just like, yeah, I got here with that, but I still work really hard and i it's
0: insulting just because he is so talented i saw him at the hollywood bowl and i mean he was he was unbelievable so i'm just like sure he's a nepo baby but like honestly he i know it's so you know it's like probably less than one percent of people who really make it to his scale but he might have made it anyway i mean his voice is incredible
1: right i would i would say that well no one's really taking anything away from any nepo like no one's who is a nepo baby that has gotten things? I wish
0: I was a nepo baby. should like <laughs> be a nepo baby.
1: Yeah, but no, no, they're not getting stuff taking away from them at all. Just people are saying this is. And let's
0: you- be honest, Meryl Streep's daughter is a nepo baby, and it hasn't gotten her that far.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, same goes for Spielberg's daughter. She. Yeah, to- I mean,
0: you t- look. There's plenty of untalented successful people, but Ben Platt is very, very talented. So. Yeah. 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 Go
1: go see theater camp.
0: <laughs> the see theaters. comedians versus AI on Thursday, and then see theater camp.
1: Yeah, uh, go go see uh, comedians Support versus. Support local,
0: AI. and then just go see theater camp because it's going to be so fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, after I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably bought tickets to Barbie versus Oppenheimer. or Barbie versus Oppenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer.
0: Barbie is one of those movies where I'm like, do I want to see that, or I have have I just been told that I want to see it so much that now I do. Like, is that just an unbelievable, I mean, it's just the marketing campaign See what I like, if I had never seen a single billboard or whatever for it, I would never have blinked, never have wanted to see it. But I've literally like, i just feel like LA has like told me that I want to see it. Now I wonder if I want to see it.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you think AI is ruining your brain, Allison?
0: A hundred percent, but it's ruining all of our brains.
1: <laughs> and that's why
0: you should come see Comedians versus AI on Thursday night. <laughs>
1: I should have like a plug counter. <laughs> See how many yeah, times we plugged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh,
0: I'm such a dummy though. I was on KCRW and I like did not And the reporter was so nice. I, I totally could have said to her, can you please spell out July 20th, AI.com? But I did not. I just, I, I need, uh my God. I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like we're all one man shows doing everything ourselves. And it's like so many important details always slip.
1: Oh yeah. And that is why it is important to show yourself grace.
0: Yeah, I guess that too, but yeah.
1: I no, I definitely feel that way. I run a whole bureau on my own
0: grace. Yeah. I like I had No idea. There was like a person behind it. Like comedy bureau. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. that's a thing. I don't know. I guess a team of people runs that. And then you were like, my name's Jake. And I was like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cause I yeah. feel like
0: whenever you're looking for mics or whatever, like everybody in the community knows the comedy bureau,
1: right? It's a, uh, how long be, have you
0: been doing it?
1: It'll be 13 in October years. Yeah
0: jesus christ <laughs> i know
1: i wake up every day thinking like oh my god i've done it that long
0: that's wild
1: it is wild it is really really wild yeah yeah, yeah. and
0: you're the international man of mystery behind it
1: yes i am yes i am i try to dress the part too
0: yeah you got this button-up shirt
1: button-up shirt i usually carry a vanity cane
0: oh that's good that's good that's good
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i <laughs> uh, for nine years i wore a big fancy like hat um like i have a ride nine of...
0: years like exclusively were wearing a hat fancy well hat? like
1: yeah i started you're Canadian, like but... steve
0: jobs but a top hat
1: no no not uh, steve now i'm picturing steve jobs in a top hat and that's uh not a good look for him
0: actually i'm picturing it now and i like it he still has the turtleneck on in my head
1: yeah but that's so much like it feels like his head is now just floating between a black top hat and a black turtleneck
0: yeah 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 it's a look it's a look for sure it's yeah for sure
1: (laughs) like like he was going to a a lincoln like an abraham lincoln festival or something and he just got one thing
0: now i'm wondering if that festival exists and i need to google it and attend i love going to weird festivals
1: (laughs) i bet it is
0: I'm going to cat con on August 6th. I don't even like cats, but I'm like, this will be weird. I go to so many conventions at the Pasadena convention center, just because I love weird shit.
1: Oh, my like, god. And My god.
0: friends. know they come like every convention. They're like, you want to this one? I'm like, hell yeah. Who's coming with me? <laughs> I What's went to monster Palooza last month.
1: Mo- now, what is that?
0: Monster Palooza. Actually, I had no idea. I buy tickets. I have no idea what I'm going to, but actually it was a celebration of like horror effects. So something that was really cool is there were makeup artists, like putting prosthetics on people. Like, in it, like specific models who opted in because it's like a seven hour process, but they were right. prosthetics being painted. I mean, it was actually unbelievable. So like they truly looked like these like horror creatures in front of you. So right. I feel like whenever I go to these cons, there's always something fascinating to take away about humanity.
1: Which is what?
0: Well, it's different every time. I really okay. liked the prosthetics and just that I made re, respect. I really came away respecting the artistry of horror. Okay. Um, I also went to Alien Con like -hmm. a month or two before that. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty kooky, but I do think aliens are real.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) I think that what that taught me about humanity is that we are small and not alone. (laughs) I already thought that though. I just feel like like, statistically speaking and the probability, you know, the number of planets that are in the universe, there's got to be intelligent. I actually think we might not classify as intelligent life. Like I think they've come Mm -hmm. they've seen us and they're like they're still paying you know they're paying eight dollars for a coffee they're killing their own planet like we're out of here like we don't count as intelligent life that's my theory right
1: right you know and i think that is the what happens when you're so far removed from the food chain that you're just left with existential sort of (laughs) self-deprecation it's a thing to
0: is that how we get comedy
1: I think that is how we get comedy. Because you don't All have to right. wor- you don't have to worry about being hunted or hunting your food.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So then society can specialize. Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then you just have this empty hole that you gotta fill with something.
0: Nah. I feel full. <laughs>
1: you feel full? <laughs> well, in fairness, you did eat lunch right before this podcast. I
0: did eat immediately before this podcast. Yeah. All right.
1: Next headline. Yeah, next headline. uh, SAG-AFTRA, in leading up to their uh, strike, which is now a historic double strike between the WGA and SAG-AFTRA against the AMPTP, uh, reportedly were trying to have discussions about AI and self-tape amongst other issues. uh, But those meetings uh, leading up to the uh, actual announcement of the strike were apparently canceled until the day before uh where they basically stated sag after stated that uh they're the they and the mptp are just too far on where they where they stand on the issues um
0: what is the self-taping issue that you mentioned
1: well self-tape is uh now i would be guessing i i know that like um
0: because like, I know the AI issues, but what's the, the AI self-taping issues, issue?
1: I think like, I think actors don't like doing self-tapes or uh, they would prefer in person. I don't know. This I'm
0: particular. skimming the article now.
1: <laughs> You're skimming the article. I mainly wanted to focus on the AI part because of convenience versus AI, which is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So some performers say self-taping places labor once predominantly performed by casting offices on the shoulders of actors. Who sometimes feel the pressure to pay out of pocket for better equipment?
1: Yeah, there you go. That's really true. Anyways, uh, with SAG-AFTRA, we'll we'll see. I mean, they're not even a week into their strike, uh, but uh, the the WGA is. I want to say almost at eighty days, maybe.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really, really wild.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad
0: they're doing it though, because as I've already complained, I used to do theater in New York and. The actors, you know, AEA, the Actors Equity Association, never struck, and therefore wages are unlivable, and the whole thing's a mess. And there's like a thriving non union ecosystem. And yeah, I support the strike and a move surprising no one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Are what do you have any feelings about the strikes perhaps seeming like people are having too much fun?
0: They should absolutely have fun, right? Like you're in a miserable situation. Why not have fun while doing it? Like it's such a funny thing that, that we've done as humans where it's like, you should feel bad about this thing because it's bad. And it's like, no, this thing is bad. So have fun while you're protesting it.
1: I agree, but at the same time, I just want a little bit more eat the rich energy than I'm not really getting from like people doing karaoke or having a Taylor Swift. Or... oh i did
0: oh you know what we are getting different different targeted reels and tiktoks about this
1: because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> i didn't yeah. know
0: karaoke's happening i'm getting a lot of tiktoks of actors being like hey you know me from glee and let me just break it down for you i was paid a thousand dollars a day i know that sounds awesome but if they're only calling me in twice a month that means i'm making two thousand dollars a month and breaking down like their salary next to like the CEO's salaries and it's been there. It's been very interesting. I haven't seen as much of the karaoke and shit. I knew people told me because I ran a dating show. A lot of people were DMing me like, Oh, do you know about how the strike is becoming like a pickup spot? And there's like official singles meetups at the strike. <laughs>
1: that was week one.
0: Yeah. And someone was like, you should go recruit there. And I'm like, "No, nah, nah,
1: no." <laughs> <laughs> I told somebody about that. And uh, somebody who was on the picket line is like, Oh yeah, you don't even have to be a WGA member. Just go.
0: Yeah, th- then it just feels to me like, okay, what is this strike? Like, I think it needs to remain a strike.
1: Yeah, that's like, should, what I- You know wa- what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's what I wonder, like, okay, well, can this be like post you marching? Like- right,
0: I mean, I am I work primarily in the unscripted space, so technically I am not on strike. I support mm-hmm. the strike, but like, um, I've had some friends say like, "Oh, are you gonna go? But it doesn't feel like my place. I don't know, I guess if they were like, asking more and more people to come just in solidarity but yeah
1: yeah uh the last wga strike went for 100 days it seems like this one's gonna go past that and how then, many
0: days has this been so far you just said 80, uh,
1: right? it, I it's somewhere between 70 and 80
0: yeah it is it is gonna go past 100 i can't imagine it getting resolved in three weeks
1: no no, no. Uh, and it's then, really wild yeah with sag after joining uh, who knows how long it'll go
0: it's really sad because like I'm really excited about my projects and you know I optioned love isn't blind and I have an acquaintance who I would say is like sort of my counterpart or equivalent in the scripted space where he has a couple of op- projects option things were really moving he was gaining momentum and it just kind of breaks my heart because again it it is about like the little guys like us like if someone told me that I suddenly had to stop doing these shows I mean it also it's like the pandemic like I would be devastated if i had to stop doing love as i'm blind right now mm-hmm. and couldn't pursue the option or all of this stuff mm-hmm. so i mean it would really be such a disaster for me and so i think there really is this human element of people who are really struggling um and it's just absurd to me that i mean i think there should be a cap on salaries across industries like nobody needs to make a billion dollars dan mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can be go be rich as fuck but nobody needs a billion dollars
1: right Yeah. And like, what is, I mean, not that they would ever do it, but yeah. What is Elon spending his money on? What is Richard Branson? I mean, besides, Oh, I want to go to aging Yeah,
0: for real though. They're like having the blood of like younger people injected into them and doing all kinds of crazy shit.
1: And yeah. And who knows if it even works. They just want to do it. There is
0: a tech entrepreneur who spends like two million a year on like anti-aging stuff. And supposedly he has like the body of an 18 year old and he's in his forties. I'm like, okay, suck a dick, bro.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Full of pimples and weird feeling
0: no. I mean it's like he looks his age but I guess it's like there's certain metrics that they've measured but yeah you can google this and it's some tech entrepreneur who spends like 2 million me, till me till, I might I might be spreading fake news but I think there's definitely like some truth to what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> but I think he spends like 2 million a year on anti-aging shit
1: right right um well that's out of my price range uh I just se- no. <laughs> I just have a I have a serum that I use as my like you know face care routine that's
0: it. I just bought a new moisturizer.
1: Um, do you want to plug it? Are they sponsoring? No, nah, they're person? not fucking
0: sponsoring me. They don't get a plug. <laughs> if they want to sponsor me. Sure, that'd be great. Yeah. And blind. Brought to you by moisturizer, which would actually be really kind of funny because yeah. there's like a there's like a total jerk off element there.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is, um, if any of the men speak up, this is one of the more fun details that I actually forgot to bring up, is that you designate an audience member to chastise slash hit the men with a dildo.
0: Yeah, um, they get penalized.
1: Penalized. With the
0: ding-donger. There is a penalty. <laughs> it's the penisher. Now, yeah, I have a big floppy purple dildo and an audience volunteer smacks them if they accidentally speak. The best was Carol... Shout out to Carol. I miss Carol. I need to find Carol. There was this older couple in the audience like two or three shows ago. And, you know, the audience tends to be like Gen Z and millennial. And then Mm -hmm. there was this way old. I don't, I don't want to, I like worry that they'll like hear this and be offended, but like I'm guessing they're in their 70s, but they were so adorable. They were in the front row and all of a sudden in the show I just stop and I'm like I'm sorry I need to talk to you guys like how did you end up here like what's going on I'm yeah. so glad you're here but like they were so sweet they they like found it in time out or something and they came and they were so nice they were smiling and then the he started me ma- I didn't say anything about them being older but the guy started making jokes being like is this the home like i <laughs> looking for the old people like he started doing it and so then when it was time to bring out the dildo I was like Carol Carol's gonna be my my Carol's my girl. And so she, oh my God, it was so funny too, you know. And I actually speak and everyone was screaming, Carol, you're Carol.
1: <laughs> oh my she God. runs
0: up with this big floppy dick. They were so great. They were smiling That's the whole
1: time. Amazing. That's it amazing. It
0: made me so happy to have them there. I keep joking with my friends. I'm like, I hope Carol and Steve come back.
1: <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Um, okay, last news story, and we'll get uh, we'll get on out of here. Jenna Friedman, who is a brilliant comedian uh, and writer, uh, currently has a book out uh, bravely called Jenna Friedman Not Funny, um, about more serious topics in her her life. However, Jenna, uh, amongst several other things is noted for uh, writing abortion jokes and uh, very good ones. And as an experiment, she asked uh, AI platform, can you write a joke about abortion? And it responded, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to generate a joke about abortion. It's a complex and sensitive topic that requires careful consideration and respect for various perspectives and experiences. Do you have any other requests or topics you'd like to uh, like a lighthearted joke about? I'll be glad to assist you.
0: So I didn't know about this till this moment. But Mm -hmm. to me, this is just completely unsurprising because I spent a lot of yesterday (laughs) trying (laughs) to get it to write pickup lines. And there are so many topics Mm -hmm. where it won't do it. Um, If anything, Mm -hmm. there are such tight guardrails on ChatGPT that it ends up giving you cheesy dad jokes most of the time because there are just too many guardrails. But interestingly ass man was fine when i was like because i told you that dating profile talks about being uh-huh. an ass man right. no problem mm-hmm. which i was like oh this is this tech was made by bros like so many things mm-hmm. even when i tried to like because i want to do uh, there's something i've planned about smuggling drugs in your asshole past tsa and of course right. like it, it wouldn't touch that and then you, you start playing with workarounds and it's like it wouldn't even let me play with like you're trying to sneak something past tsa but like ass man was no problem i don't know anyway but yeah i get this response all the time so to me this is like not even news
1: i yeah what was
0: her point i think it's interesting
1: yeah well it's interesting i mean she like it it will say
0: that for anything remotely controversial
1: right uh she even tried a different prompt. if i started to write a joke about abortion could you help me finish it and it was like it's best to approach such subjects with sensitivity and respect. If you have any other non-sensitive requests or need assistance with different topics, feel free to ask. And I think that is like, it's an interesting trajectory to see that, you know, there have been news stories where there was like AI generated Seinfeld and then it like yeah. became a- a- anti-trans and it's like, okay, it's, does that mean a human has to put in another guardrail for that going forward?
0: Yes. And they did. I mean, they took that down immediately, the never-ending Seinfeld. Actually, what's funny about this Jenna Friedman thing is that she keeps asking and asking and asking, and it won't give her anything about abortion. Mm -hmm. But then she writes, why did the woman cross the road? And ChatGPT wrote, to exercise her right to bodily autonomy and make her own choices, just like everyone should have the freedom to do. That is really interesting, that it refused to write anything about abortion. Mm -hmm. But then its response for this is about bodily autonomy that's wild that's I like that
1: yeah it's great it almost makes me think that like somebody was just like kind of logged in and like was answering <laughs> Jenna's question in real time <laughs> like it was a human answer yeah
0: I'm so surprised that it is like so avoidant of sensitive topics and then that it gave her that answer for why did the woman cross the road yeah yeah very interesting. That's
1: a very pro choice answer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then her her caption, which I love in light of this part, is maybe the robot overlords will be benevolent.
1: Yeah. So I yeah, I mean But that's maybe... the thing
0: is the biases of the creators will always be imbued into the technology.
1: Right. Because it isn't generative. It is just basing off of already what exists or what it's been told to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's leave it there on women's rights.
1: Women's rights. I'm pro. Pro women's rights. Right.
0: I don't have to cancel Jake.
1: <laughs> is that gonna be a question on Lovins and at
0: all powerful enough to cancel you. <laughs> but I am pleased with this with this response by Chat GPT. And if you want to hear more responses by ChatGPT, you can come to Comedians versus AI on Thursday.
1: And how do you spell that, Allison?
0: So it's comediansvsai.com, but I also have it redirecting. So if you do comediansvai.com, it'll also take you to the
1: website. Or you can go to your Instagram, which is what?
0: Ah, thank you. Actually, really what I should start telling people is just go to alisongoldberg.com because that lists all my show dates. And on social media, I am Allie underscore Goldie across platforms, A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I.
1: Yeah, and you can see a lot of great reels as to what uh, Comedians vs. AI or uh, Love Isn't Blind. Uh, a lot of very, very uh, wonderful clips illustrating what we've talked about today. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this isn't copy that Allison wrote me, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying it.
0: Well, and thank you for coming to see the show.
1: Absolutely. I um. I love the everybody who's in the audience, we mentioned this in passing earlier, gets a different colored wristband, whether you're single in a couple, uh, poly or this was interesting to me. I don't know if anyone told you about this. So uh, it was either a situation ship or you're confused. Like one. So person I that-
0: only had red, yellow and green. Right. Until the show you saw my last show, because the poly Mm -hmm. people kept requesting a poly wristband, because I used to just say at the door, I said, look, if they're in a relationship, they get red. If they're single, they get green. If they pause, give them yellow. Mm -hmm. But now the poly people are like, we want our own wristband. So I guess now I need to make it clear, like yellow is like you're not defined yet or you're not sure or maybe you're seeing a few people, but it's not official. Purple poly.
1: I will say when the poly people stood up at this show that I was at, um, they were some of the loudest dressed audience members in a way where, like, that makes sense. That it is,
0: I, it's funny when the stereotypes are fulfilled sometimes, you know? <laughs> the poly people, they want to be seen at the show. And I love it. I love it. Actually, I actually think it'd be fun if people kept requesting. Their own color. And then it just becomes this insider thing where if you've been to multiple shows, you know. And if you don't, (laughs) you don't. And that's fine, you know?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if you have a color for demisexuals, I don't know if we're going to do like sexual identity or whatever, but that's what I am.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it'd be interesting if people just started requesting it. But I also don't want it to get too confusing. There's definitely a simplicity of red, yellow, green.
1: Right. Um, Well, anyways, AllisonGoldberg.com. Yeah.
0: AllisonBoldberg.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, yeah. G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G.
1: Uh, to find out more about those shows coming up and anything else Allison creates, because, you know, if you've got made it this far, you know that she is only getting started. Thank you. Absolutely, you're welcome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to promote? No,
0: those are the things.
1: Those are the things. Uh great. I'm Jake Kroger. I create the Common Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at the Comedy at the Comedy Bureau across socials. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes to support this time. Entertainment community fund would be great. Uh, and I think there's a parallel for that that supports people who are in Iahtzee, who are definitely being affected by the strike, even though they are currently not on strike. And um, if you have money and generosity left over that, please support the comedy bureau to keep it running. And do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Allison?
0: See you Thursday.
1: See you Thursday at the Pico Theater in West L.A. for comedians versus A.I. Uh, live comedy is happening with or without A.I. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. <laughs> comedy Bureaufield Field. Produced and edited by Jake Kroger, music by Brian Guineo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family.